Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. This is Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC, featuring the best of the best from today's conversations, observations, and ruminations, because great radio is still fresh the second time around. This afternoon on the Wesson Walker Show. All right, let's hear from Mitch Kupchak. Spoke to media at 11 o'clock, so really just finishing up um, about 30 minutes ago, a little bit more than that. And Mitch Kupchak told you who makes the final call between he and Michael Jordan, who is still serving as majority stake owner. You know, I'll make the pick. Now, Michael is still in control and will be in control of the club through the draft and through free agency. Uh, At some point in time, there will be a transition. But having said that, Michael's here, the new ownership has been here, will be here. They both will have, you know, spent time here. And, you know, Michael will and I will completely talk to them, get their feelings, you know, and their opinions. Uh, I'm sure there'll be some spirited debates, you know, if it's different. And I would hope, you know, and Michael's done this to me in the past, even though he's agreed with what I'm going to do, you know, he'll always just, you know, play devil's advocate just to get the debate going. So I assume that will take place as well. Um, you know, we will not operate in a vacuum. You know, the the new owners will be in the loop. New owners will be in the loop. Michael Jordan going to debate with them just in the healthy debate scenario. Hopefully Michael doesn't win those debates. But but Michael's still going to play devil's advocate. He's going to have heavy influence, but Mitch Kupchak is going to make the final call. What do you make of that soundbite and some of the reporting coming out? Uh, It's not anything different than what I thought it would be, but Michael playing devil's advocate. I wonder, I guess, does he draw from his own playing experiences when he decides to be the devil's advocate? Is he like, well, what if this guy gets into the league and this happens? And what if he comes in and that happens and things of that nature. So I think that's healthy to go over, but I just feel like by the time you get to this point, the number two pick shouldn't be much debate at all. I feel like by the time the draft starts, but the rest of the picks, I could see uh, there being spirited debate and them having to really uh, dig deep to figure out who they want to take, depending on how the draft falls. 704 number wrote in, this is a no-brainer. Ask Jordan who he wants and then take the other guy. Logo 704 <laughs> said, Michael got no business debating. Uh, Juan is a big Brandon Miller fan, and he's talked about how he led the number one team in college basketball start to finish, sold out arenas, and Scoot's only playing against guys like LiAngelo in the G League. Which, okay, G League has guys guys that were fantastic in college and haven't quite made that jump in the NBA. So it's not like he's playing against scrubs in the NBA. Juan also did write, dude, the Hornets drafted George Zedek. That still haunts me. I remember that. <laughs> so, um, the other clear draft misses in real time, 704 wrote in when the Panthers took Greg Little over DK Metcalf. I didn't see that one as badly. I knew they wanted, I needed a left tackle in my life for Carolina. Yeah. I had been tired of waiting. But DK Metcalf, that would have been fantastic as well. And for uh, Chad from North Belmont writing in, enough about pick number two. What are your thoughts about the other four picks? 
We have a soundbite. Hold on. We'll get to that a little bit later on. All right, so that's Mitch Kupchak talking about whether he'll make the final decision and how much influence still majority stake owner Michael Jordan will have. There's been a big conversation about best player available versus best fit available. Brandon, assumingly being the best fit, and Scoot being the better player in a lot of people's minds, but still some nuance there as far as how people see it. Here's Mitch Kupchak when considering fit with the second overall draft pick. I think several years ago, it wasn't a factor at all, okay, as far as fit. You know, you we're always going to just take the best player. And I would say that's still the case today. Although we are closer to a point in time where we would consider fit, but we're not that team that's been in the playoffs for three or four years. And, you know, you're looking to tweak a roster and look for fit. We're, we're not at that place right now. So our decision, you know, is going to remain to be, you know, looking for the player that we think is going to have the best overall career. These comments are a lot better than what we heard the first time. These are a lot more pointed in what he's thinking with more clarity. It's not crystal clear, but you do have more clarity. They think they're closer at considering fit. When last time he spoke, he said, you know, we, we can consider it a lot now. And it had a lot of people, even national NBA pundits, tweeting out there, hey, you can't consider this. Take best player available. This seems a little more pointed, and he is telling you they are going to take the best player available. Now, when we talk about some of this stuff, last year you needed a center. And so, yeah, you could have both worlds collide in a best fit versus best player available. Those things could combine. And so I, I got them taking Jalen Duran, Mark Williams eventually taking Jalen, trading him, right? I wanted a center at the spot they were selecting in last year's NBA draft. So sometimes you have to consider it, okay? If you have three good point guards, you can't just keep loading up. But the Hornets are not in that situation. Are you comforted at all with what Mitch Kupchak said right there? Yeah, I think that him admitting that they're not in a position to necessarily draft fit, I think that is a, a good thing because I feel like overall, regardless, you should always take the better player. Like if you have a guy that you really feel like now, if it's close and they play different positions, I get it. And if you feel like that the potential of each one of them at their position, if you feel like, okay, this guy could be a top five center and this guy could be a top five point guard and then you have your choice between those two, that's fine. But if the guy's considerably better, if you like this guy could maybe be a top 15 center, but this guy could be one of the best point guards in the league, then you draft a better player and make it work. I mean, nobody's ever going to get mad at a team for having too many good players, especially in this era of positionless basketball. Well, and yeah, we can also go to teams drafting for fit over best player available in late lottery, which is where the Hornets were selecting last year, but not at number two. At number two, if there is someone that even has a little bit more of a gap between them, if you're that high in the draft, that is the time to swing for the fences, right? I mean, how many more opportunities are you going to get to draft that high and take that swing for the fences to get the guy with the highest ceiling possible? Well, an example we haven't brought up as well when you talk about positional fit was Darko and Carmelo. Oh, man. That might be the worst ever. Even with there being more egregious misses than that, <laughs> that one never made sense to people. Joe Dumars was so hell-bent on taking Darko. Like, no, you guys don't know. Trust me. Right. Watch. You wait and see. That team. He thought he had dirt. That team won a championship the year after. 
Imagine if they had Carmelo. Oh, what, that could have been a, a what, dynasty. What in the real. world? What in the world, man? Yes, you are totally right about that. Jabril from Charlotte said, we can never forget Michael drafted Adam Morrison, too. So, yeah, there are a couple I don't people. necessarily hold that against him, man. I okay. thought Adam Morrison was going to be good. He was a baller in college, man. People forget that. After the fact, uh, it's a lot of hindsight mm-hmm. with Adam Morrison, man. Because I remember when he lit up Memphis. Because, you know, you, you get the white guy out there balling against the athletic NBA-type brothers, talking trash. I, I liked Adam Morrison, so I, I'm not going to hold that against him. Yeah, they had uh, Tyrus Thomas drafted fourth, who would eventually become a Charlotte Bobcat, and Paul Silas, RIP, put him in a locker. Sheldon Williams was the fifth overall selection. The real miss there was Brandon Roy, who retired early, only played six years in the NBA, but was a problem, as yes. the kids say, back when he was playing some NBA basketball. So that's the fit conversation. I do want to talk about this soundbite as well. They had both Brandon Miller and Scoot Henderson back in yesterday for final workouts before they make this decision. And it was really because ownership was in town. They wanted Michael to be able to see both guys. Here's Mitch talking about, though, how they can't overthink this pick with the inclusion of the second workout. Yeah, there is, especially in the last week, right? When you bring players in a second time and, you know, you got to be careful, like I said, that that you don't discount everything that you've seen over the last year and you just base your final decision on a workout or a 12, 13-minute interview. We've interviewed these kids in Chicago. We've brought them in here extensively. But during the second workouts, you only get to spend, you know, 15, 20 minutes. So you got to be careful. What's your thoughts on Mitch Kupchak's comments there about not overthinking the second workout stuff? Because, and yeah, I asked you a question, then I took it back. That's my apology. (laughs) But the reason I say that is because it was interesting to me. Flounder comes in. He's a guy that's kind of flipped because of some of the intangible stuff, some of the reports that we've gotten from the workouts. And Wes, I know you've been conflicted because you value that a lot. You value work ethic. You value the intangibles. Yeah, it's mentality. Why you, yeah, you value mentality. It's why you are so, okay, here's someone in Bryce Young that's putting up Star Wars numbers, winning the Heisman, being with the Alabama program. Oh, and the dude is one of the best leaders we've seen. Yeah. What are we doing? And it seems like you value that a lot, maybe with Scoot, who seems to have that more than Brandon Miller, at least on the outside. Yeah, and I can see where he's coming from, talking about overthinking it and, and going off of the last thing, prison of the moment, however you want to say Say it, but I think there's a lot to be said for a guy that understands the assignment. You know this is your future at stake. You know you are potentially playing to be the number two pick, so you're going to come in there ready to rock and roll, and I think that speaks to how you're going to approach games. Uh, it speaks to how you're going to approach your job in general. It, it it comes across entitled when you're not ready. It comes across as lazy. Uh, it just comes across in a, a lot of different ways when you have that big of an opportunity in your fingertips and you decide to show up unprepared. So that's my thing is that if he's coming in there not ready to go, you have a better workout because Mike's watching you like, okay, so then what's going to happen after I hand you this check, you got this money, then are you just going to decide to do, you know, play and practice and and, and work hard when you feel like it or work hard once we kick you in the pants? No, I don't want that. Self-motivation and self-motivated players are among some of the greats in sports. You can't really point to a great athlete in any sport that wasn't self-motivated. You go Kobe, MJ, Brady, take 
make your pick. All these guys, you didn't have to tell them anything. They were ready to go from the jump. I think Scoot Henderson has that trait as evidenced by these workouts and different things that we've read and seen. So, yeah, that would that would give him a little bit of an edge for me in my mind. There is so much content to get to. We're not going to do it. We're going to give people a break. But I really could have a three-hour show today talking solely about this draft. We're not <laughs> going to do it, do though. It. I promise. No. We'll, we'll give the people some Panther convo. We have Thomas Davis in here. I do want to know Thomas Davis's Hornets thoughts, though. I mean, is there has there been anybody in the history of fandom that has appeared more on the Jumbotron than Thomas Davis over at the Spectrum Center? <laughs> yeah. I baby. don't think. <laughs> who is? Who the do baby. you think? The baby? Yeah. Not more than TD. Thomas he's a, he's a ticket holder, though. I, I know. That's why my question. Yeah, that's why I don't think there's anybody that's been that's been on the jumbotron more than Thomas Davis. We'll have to ask him that. I do want to hear his Hornets comments. Final thing, I promised my guy Chad from Belmont that we'd get to Mitch Kupchak's comment on the five draft picks that they have, not just number two overall. Here's what Mitch had to say on using him. I don't know if we'll draft all five players, okay? But if we do. And you look at our roster and you say, well, there's, there's no space for all five players. But if we do, then I think we're still in a good spot. There's a way to put those players, whether you stash them or you two-way them or you trade them down the road. So I don't feel we have to make a deal on the clock tomorrow because that's when most of this is going to happen. Yeah, I don't expect them to make all five draft picks. Mitch tells you the yeah, same thing. I think thing. it's going to be some wheeling and dealing. The CBA does allow you for three two-way contracts. The Hornets have used those. Bryce McGowan's was on one. That converted to um, a longer deal. And so they've made good use of some of that stuff that the CBA has allowed you to do. But yeah, I don't expect. I mean, five draft picks. That is a lot of young dudes coming into this organization. There's more of today's latest and greatest coming up next on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Because great radio the second time around is always twice as nice. Earlier today on the Mac and Bone Show. We got to talk to Kyle Boone about all the, the tea leaves, the insiders uh, telling us the pick's going to be Brandon Miller. Is that supposed to upset us the way it is upsetting us? Let's talk through this. Kyle Boone, great basketball writer and reporter for CBS covering the college game and the draft. Kyle, what's up, brother? How you doing, man? Hey, I'm just trying to figure out if I can get my hands on a, a signed Scoot Henderson Hornets jersey. That's a commemorative edition. I feel like I would like to add that to my uh, – to my collection here at the house. Yeah, we so have I'm a glad group, to join you guys. We have a group, Kyle, called the Men of Scoot. We've got calendars, jerseys, coffee mugs, and now uh, 
those things could be going somewhere else because we might not need that much longer. <laughs> we may have wasted some money on all of our gear and apparel. Um, what, what, so do you, let's start first things first. Do you believe, like, what What have you heard about the Hornets at two? And is it just feel inevitable at this point that the pick is going to be Brandon Miller? It, it feels likely at this point that it's going to be Brandon Miller. Um, you know, for, for weeks and weeks and weeks, after the Hornets got the number two pick, it, it felt like Brandon Miller was the favorite, the front runner to go number two. The betting markets reflected that. The intel kind of reflected that. And I think uh, on paper, at least it made sense, right? You have LaMelo Ball who's, who can play on the ball, and Brandon Miller is someone who's you know, a six-foot-nine combo forward who can be a really good scoring wing at the next level. And I think would fit nicely next to LaMelo Ball. So, you know, that, that seemed to be over and done with. And then this week, all of a sudden, you get the betting markets changing. Scoot Henderson is not only the favorite, but the overwhelming favorite to be the number two pick. And then it flips again. Brandon Miller now the heavy favorite to go number two. And Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN now reporting that uh, that Brandon Miller is, you know, it's not a done deal for sure, but it seems likely at this point that Brandon Miller will indeed be the number two pick. And, and Scoot Henderson, as a result, is probably going to fall to number three. So that is what I believe will happen as of now. Uh, there's been a ton of smoke screens. There's been a lot of misdirections and misinformation. Uh, I think we're coming down to the wire here. We're, we're a day away from the draft, and I, I, I'm starting to feel a little bit more confident that, yeah, I think Brandon Miller is, is going to end up being a Hornet. Kyle, one thing that's bothered us here as we've been we've been wanting Scoot, not that we don't think Brandon will be good, but we think Scoot's another level above Brandon down the line, is that they're prioritizing a fit at number two with the roster over just taking the best player. Is that kind of what you're seeing here, that when a team is picking that high, you don't always go fit. You just go trying to get the best talent you can get. Yeah, I, I think in general, the scouting community um, has always been very, very high on Scoot Henderson, and maybe that, that is probably confirming some some priors. Um, you know, a year ago this time, we did a, a like a way-too-early mock draft. Victor Wiminyama was was one of the top picks, and Scoot Henderson was uh, was a top pick as well. So Brandon Miller was nowhere to be found, at least in lottery projections. He was a guy who was maybe a potential one-and-done player, had a great season at Alabama, really rose up boards. And I, I think, honestly, there's there's some mixed opinions on the debate between Brandon Miller and Scoot Henderson. There's a lot of the scouts and Italian talent evaluators who think that Brandon Miller is the better prospect than Scoot Henderson. There's a lot who believe the opposite, that Scoot Henderson is actually the better prospect than Brandon Miller. So, you know, if, if Charlotte feels like it has conviction and feels confident that Brandon Miller is the better prospect, then by all means, I don't think it's the wrong decision to take Brandon Miller at number two. I personally think that Scoot Henderson is the better prospect. He is who I would take. Uh, but if Charlotte feels like Brandon Miller is the better fit and the better prospect, then yeah, I don't, I don't think you can fault them for going that direction. He makes sense on paper. Um, he's, he's a great scoring wing. I think he's going to fit perfectly into the modern NBA. So checks a ton of boxes for, I think what the Hornets are looking for. If they end up going that direction, uh, I, I can't, uh, I can't fault them for doing that.
We're talking with Kyle Boone, CBSSports.com, talking about the NBA draft coming to terms. He is helping us. He's Dr. Boone right now. We're on his couch, and he's helping the men of Scoot come to terms with Brandon Miller going uh, being a Hornet in uh, you know 30-plus hours. Let's talk about his game because my concern is – that we are passing on someone that is special, just physically gifted, special, has an explosiveness that is similar to Westbrook, a pre-injury Derrick Rose, and that we're drafting someone that just is not overly athletic in that league, is a all right athlete but not great, and yep. his ceiling is not as high. A- am I am I wrong to feel that way? No, that's in a nutshell. That's the elevator pitch for why I have I have continued to rank Scoot Henderson over Brandon Miller. I, like I think Brandon Miller is going to be a really good NBA player. Yeah, yeah. He was really productive at the college level, led the SEC in in scoring, uh, in win shares, in box plus minus. Like he was he was really good as a teenager in one of the best leagues in college basketball. But there are some red flags. To your point, I mean, twenty second percentile. Last season as a finisher on layups, that's not great. 39th percentile finisher at the rim, that's not great. 32nd percentile finisher on runners, and this is this is all according to Synergy Sports data. So, yeah, I think it kind of backs the numbers, kind of bear out that the peripherals suggest that he's a really good shooter. He has great length. He's, he's going to be kind of a multi-positional wing defender. But there are some question marks and maybe a little bit of red flags in terms of his athleticism, in terms of his ability to create space, in terms of his ability to finish around the basket. And I think he's showed some improvement throughout the course of the season at Alabama. Um, But you're talking about someone who, debating between Miller and and Scoot, Scoot is an electric athlete, I think one of the best athletes in this draft. Comparing him and Miller is not particularly close. Uh, Miller just has a lot of pizzazz, some pop with his game. He plays on the ball as a really flashy playmaker. So th- different styles, different types of games, um, and and I think the athleticism gap between the two is is pretty big. Um, it, it certainly, I think, if you're just picking players based on the pop and the pizzazz that they bring, Scoot would be the pick. But I don't think that necessarily Charlotte should be leading that direction just because. You know, Brandon Miller is a guy who I think fits a lot of what they're looking for, the, the size, the scoring, all of that. And so, yeah, again, like I would take Scoot, but if they end up going Miller at number two, uh, I, I, I do think it could end up working out. For yeah, yeah. We're talking to Kyle Boone, CBSSports.com on the Mac and Bone Show here on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Kyle, it's not just number two for the Hornets. They also have – Pick 27 in the first round and then 34, 39, 41 after that. So they control a lot of uh, a lot of things happening there. End of the first, end of the second round as well. There's been some talk that they might want to package those picks in some form or fashion and move up. So it's a twofold question. How far can those picks get them up and what might be some targets there to move up for for the Hornets? Yeah, it it would be a steep price I think to pay to move up from from where they're at right now, but I think I think realistically there's some teams in the in the early 20s that may be willing to hear them out and and take a pitch, you know, 21, 22, somewhere in that range. Some players that I think could be interesting for the Hornets. Um 
There's two, I think, I think in particular that stand out. We'll call them the two injured folks. And, and the first one is Derek Whitehead. And I know people are rolling their eyes saying, don't bring in injured guys. Derek Whitehead from Duke played last season injured, had two foot surgeries in the last year. But Whitehead was a former five-star recruit. He was a top five prospect in his class at full health. He's, he's a really good kind of slashing guard who can play multiple positions. Very, very athletic, can play above the rim. Uh, someone who I think I would want to bet on kind of as a, as a buy-low type of prospect. He's someone who I thought could be a top-ten pick coming into this year, and, and the injuries uh, didn't, didn't really help his case. And, and when he was healthy and playing, um, it, it, it wasn't totally great. He had some flashes, but it wasn't you know a screaming lottery pick. So someone who I think could be a good gamble for the Hornets in the 20s. Nick Smith Jr. is the other one who, you know, last season coming into the year, he was the number one recruit in his high school class, played just 17 season, 17 games due to, you know, lingering knee issues on and off throughout the season. And when, again, similar to Whitehead, when he was on the court, he wasn't particularly impressive. Uh, but he, if he's able to sustain his health and get back to full strength, a guy who I think is a, is a worthwhile flyer uh, in, in the 20s like this, again, Another guy who we thought would be a potential top 10 pick who you could maybe get in the 20s. Now next season, I'm not entirely sure either of those guys are going to be difference makers, but look like the Hornets aren't trying to win a, win a title next year. They're thinking two, three years down the line. And both of those guys, I think, could end up being like true difference makers in time. I love the whitehead idea, man. Now, that would fire me up a little bit. That would help me yeah. with my disappointment of hey. not getting Scoot Henderson. Can't That's a good upside risk-reward pick. Can't go wrong with the Duke guys, my old saying there. Although, you only played there That's for right. about 15 minutes. And you don't want Zion, do you? Well, I do want Brandon Ingram, though. Okay. Yeah, I said, okay, Kyle, right. Kyle, excuse my friend here. We got a disagreement going on here. This is why it should be the Bone and Boone show. We what said did, this before. Kyle, what did you think? What did you think about all the hubbub about Zion? I mean, I think, I think you know, I don't think the Hornets ever really took that too seriously, but it did seem like, based on reports, New Orleans was willing to part with Zion if they could get up to get Scoot. Are the Hornets right to just kind of, you know, I don't know, maybe Mitch slammed the phone down, hung it up or whatever? Is that the right approach on that one? Yeah, I mean, like, first of all, I just have to be honest here. I had to delete my search history after looking into the Zion stuff. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, like if I'm if I'm the if I'm the Pelicans, man, I am I am not selling low on Zion Williamson. Like this is this is the guy who was the number one pick in his class. Uh, he, when he was healthy and when he has been healthy, which has not been the case for most of his career, he is an all-star. He is one of the best players in the NBA. Uh, I still believe in the talent. There has been a lot of stuff happening off the court that I think is uh, concerning at least. And certainly I think teams should be kicking the can and seeing if there is any interest in potentially uh, acquiring him. But yeah, I, I think if I'm the Pelicans, I'm certainly not selling at this point. I, I think he's, generational type talent and there's there's been too many i think production profile stuff that that suggests that he's going to be really really good if he stays healthy and i'm willing to bet that you know if he's able to stay healthy um he, he can be like a true difference maker so i don't know it's a weird situation obviously going on and off the court but uh yeah the zion thing is just uh it's wild plus it's if wild. you're the hornets you had to wait out batum's contract forever You've had to wait yep. out Gordon Hayward's contract. If he's not 
productive here and you're locked into that that's you're, you're looking at a decade plus of just waiting out bad deals it's, there's a, it's there's too a risky big for risk. this franchise there's a big risk for the hornets but i get what you're saying on the pelican side of yeah. things you know it whereas it's like you invested in this you know we, we waited out by the way check out kyle boone uh and his his stuff they have a great team of of draft writers check out their draft content cbssports.com and kyle boone a must follow during basketball season and during the draft time at Kyle the Boon on Twitter. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate y'all. Listen to Mac and Bone every weekday morning from 6 to 10. Instant replay continues with more in a moment. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. This is Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. This afternoon on the Wesson Walker Show. It's going to be a fun time, though, because we had a blast. Me and you, we partied, man. We were out we there did. for a long we're time. hanging out, eating. 10.58. It was a great time. Not only was it a great time on the air, but we hung out after we were off the mic and experienced some of those great food and drink specials. You should come out and hang out with us because Thomas Davis. He might be out there. I know he's on with us right now on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. TD, we appreciate it, man. How are you doing? Man, I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Oh, I'm doing good, man. We're doing really well. I'm excited for this NBA draft. I'm excited for the NBA draft party. I do want to ask you, though, what can customers expect out at 1058? Man, always a great time. Great vibes, great environment. Like you just said, the food is amazing. If you drink, the drinks are A1 one of some of the best in the city. So if you haven't been to 1058, I highly recommend you come check us out. And if you have been, continue to come, continue to support, and we'll continue to take care of you. Uh, Wes saw it happen. Kyle Bailey threatened to beat me up when I looked at his chicken wings. I didn't even grab for one. I didn't grab. <laughs> that he did. Kyle said, stay away. He didn't say, no, nah, they're really good. All he said was, no, nah, stay away. Yeah, and you know it when they don't offer you it. <laughs> no, he no. brought him there. I think he did offer me. He well, said, Wes, you can grab them. Well, I think he, he said. He threatened me. I know that's what happened. Now you got to tell him, listen, you better get your own, man, because these are going to go fast. And I did. <laughs> and they went fast for me as well. I did want to ask you this question, too, TD. I want to ask the more challenging venture for you. Owning and operating your own bar or being an all-pro linebacker, what's the tougher challenge? Without a doubt, it's owning and operating (laughs) this bar, man, because I would say, you know, as an all-pro linebacker, you know, I had an opportunity to have a a ton of experience at work at point. You know, first opportunity um, in doing something like this. So, you know, you you go through the challenges that come with being a bar owner. you got to Make sure that you're catering to to everybody and you're having something in there that everybody enjoys being a part of. TD, have you had to handle any complaints? Have you ever been in there and a customer and didn't like what they got and so uh, you came over there and tried to take care of it? <laughs> Listen, I've been in there and I didn't like the way something has gone out or way something has come to me and I've sent it back. So we always, that's one thing that I've definitely learned <laughs> Um, is in this business, the customer is always right. So if we, you have something that that you order at my spot that's not correct or you don't like it, then we'll fix it. We'll make sure that it's right. We don't want anybody to come in and be dissatisfied with the service that they get. All right, TD, so let's talk a little bit of shop. Coach Reich said you came out to practices and said that you imparted some words on the team, and he said you really exemplified the standard uh, that you guys set when you were there. So can you share with us any of what you said to the team and what you've seen so far from this new defense under Ezra Evero? 
you know, I'm just I'm excited about this team overall. You know, not just the defense. I feel like they did a really good job of, of bringing in some really solid core players. Um, and then you get Bryce Young, you get him going. He's been named the starter now. And I love that move because what it does, it allows him to prepare and be ready for the football season so that everybody knows. You see a lot of times teams bounce around. They're like, okay, he's not ready yet. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. But now Bryce understands that he knows that he has to come in and operate this offense as the man because that's what he is right now. And defensively, I feel like you know they added a ton of players that are going to allow Shaq Thompson allow Jeremy Chen, allow Brian Burns, and all of those guys to do what they do well, and that's fly around and make plays. TD joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. TD, clearly, handle this however you want to. But I did want to know just how much you were around the old regime and some of the bigger differences that you've seen from this new regime. You've clearly been around giving speeches at practice. You know, I've... I, I, I had the same opportunity, you know, with Coach Rule. He he invited me in to speak to the guys. And, you know, I just embraced that opportunity. But I think the biggest difference right now is the way that the players feel about what's going on right now. You can see a huge difference on the looks of these guys. They're excited about what's going on. They're looking forward to being out there and being at practice. Whereas I heard a lot of mumbling and grumbling and complaining when Coach Rue was there, and I was just letting the guys know then, like, hey, it's a process. you got to buy into what they're teaching you in this, and if you guys don't buy in, it's not going to end well. So I think that the guys are very excited to be in a program right now that's ran like an NFL program. Well, TD, the most important thing that we want to know, though, is what are your top three menu items at 1058? What are your best recommendations? Um, first and foremost, every single time that I go into 1058, I have to order the Mambo Wings because that's my favorite wings. Um, definitely coming with some fries, and it just depends on how I'm feeling. I cannot leave out of there without the collard greens dip. Thomas Davis joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline, giving us the favorite menu items. We're going to be out there at 1058 watching the NBA draft. TD, who you want? You're a big Charlotte Hornets fan. Who do you want there at number two overall? Brandon Miller or Scoot man, Henderson? I got to go with Scoot, man. I've, I've had the opportunity to watch Scoot play a lot. Um, and just from a physicality standpoint, I feel like he's NBA ready. Brandon Miller, I think he's going to be a solid pro. I think he's going to be good. But, you know, I'm not really big on Alabama guys. So I was about to say. To, <laughs> I'm just going to stick to, you know, hoping that we draft Scoot. But if we draft Brandon Miller, I don't think that the, the Hornets can go wrong with either of those guys, honestly. Yeah, I, I thought maybe a little of the Georgia bias, Scoot being from Marietta, yeah. and Brandon playing for I Absolutely. mean, that is, that's the best of both worlds for TD to want to go with Scoot Henderson. Last question for me, TD, I did want to ask you, do you think there's been anybody that's appeared more on the Spectrum Center Jumbotron than you have over the last 10 years? Listen, I've been very, very loyal to the Hornets brand. And, and in, in return, you know, they've done a lot of stuff for, for me and my Leadership Academy kids, and I fully embrace that. You know, creating opportunities for these kids to go to games where they may not normally have an opportunity. So they've been very vital in giving back and making sure that they provided those chances for, for my Leadership Academy kids. So I'm extremely thankful for that.
That's the voice of multi-time pro bowler, all-pro linebacker Thomas Davis joining us here on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Going to be a fantastic time at 1058 Thomas Davis's bar and grill. Going to be an awesome time. We're going to be out there tomorrow night watching the NBA draft. If you don't know the location, very easy to find. 430 West 4th Street, and we're going to be out there from 6 to 9, maybe even longer if it's uh, what we did last time at the NFL Draft Party. Night Owls. TD, we appreciate you, man. Uh, Can't wait to see you tomorrow night. Listen, I appreciate you guys. I'm looking forward to it, and we're going to find out who has the best fan base in the city because when we had this Panther Draft Party, it was packed. It was completely packed from wall to wall with Panther fans. So, I mean, no Buzz City, you've got to step up. We're going to see what the competition is like. I'm going to tell you, get there early. Challenge laid down. TD was not lying to you. It was packed. That we, it was. We appreciate it, TD. Thanks again. Thanks, TD. No problem, man. Thank you, guys. Sit tight and stay locked because Instant Replay continues next. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. You're listening to Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Because great radio the second time around is always twice as nice. This afternoon on the Kyle Bailey Show. Mitch Kupchak, Hornets president and GM, met with the press earlier today. And he said, to start out, you know, we've been talking a lot for months now since Mitch spoke last time, where he said, hey, we might be in a position to, you know, look at fit. Uh, given where we are from a roster standpoint. Well, that is apparently no longer the case and might not have ever been the case, according to Mitch, who said and reiterated earlier today that they will draft the best player available. I think several years ago, it wasn't a factor at all, okay, as far as fit. You know, you we're always going to just take the best player. And I would say that's still the case today. Although we are closer to a point in time where we would consider fit, but we're not that team that's been in the playoffs for three or four years. And, you know, you're looking to tweak a roster and look for fit. We're, we're not at that place right now. So our decision, you know, is going to remain to be, you know, looking for the player that we think is going to have the best overall career. All right, there you go. Mitch Kupchak says, nope, it's not about fit as much. We're maybe closer, but we're taking the best player no matter what. And that makes me feel better. I said as much yesterday, Smoke. Take Brandon Miller if you're if you're convicted. If you think he's the best player in the draft, I, I, I get it. 
at least at that point, if you're wrong, you're wrong, but at least tell me you're taking him because you think he's the best player in the draft, not because you think he's the best fit. Well, here's Mitch Kupchak twice today saying it, then reiterating it, Smoke. He says, we're going to take the best player. It's not going to be about fit. Does that make you feel better? Does that matter to you, especially as we're watching the the betting odds uh, rush toward the side of Brandon Miller over the last 36 hours? I think so, and I feel like throughout this whole entire process, there's been two different minds of thinking. I think we know as fans and just media members, a lot of more people are higher on uh, Scoot Henderson compared to Brandon Miller, but also feels like all the intel that guys like David Aldridge, uh, Jonathan Gavoni, uh, pretty much anyone that has any say or any intel is basically telling us that a lot more people are higher inside the league on Brandon Miller than we probably would think. So that creates kind of a weird dichotomy of the way people think about these two players. And I think it's something that we shouldn't be as shocked about if Brandon Miller is the pick tomorrow. But also, a lot of people are very high on Scoot. It's just one of those things where it feels like if they actually take Brandon, it's not actually, oh, it's definitely because of fit. It's because they probably truly believe if they take Brandon Miller, he's better than Scoot Henderson. Well, it has to be that. It has to. Like, I, I don't need them, and I think I mentioned this yesterday, I don't need them to, nor do I want them to just tell me that because they heard me say, hey, don't try to sell me on fit. Tell me he's the best player. Oh, okay, well, we think he's the best player. You see what I'm saying? Like, because you believe it, if that's what you're going to do. And by the way, um, you know, odds makers say what odds makers say. Sometimes they get it right. Sometimes they get it wrong. But uh, I think at last check, Brandon Miller was minus 500. Uh, to be the Hornets' overall pick, second overall pick tomorrow night, and Scoot Henderson's odds had dropped to plus 200. That's a sizable gap. Um, we shall see, but you know the Bryce Young stuff certainly went in that direction as we got closer to the NFL draft a couple of months ago, and it ended up being, of course, you know Bryce Young. Now it is it's down to two, right? That much we know, but Mitch Kupchak confirmed earlier today that they're picking between two players. You know, the pundits and the mock drafts, you know, it looks as if it will come down to two players. Um, you know, ownership is in town, and, you know, I've spent a lot of time, you know, on what I feel, you know, might be in the best interest of the club. Um, probably until tomorrow, you know, there won't be a decision. And um, even with Mello, you know, even though, well, with Mello it was a little bit different, right? Because he was the number third pick. We didn't know who was going to go. We didn't know who was going to go number two. But even at that moment, even, even then, you know, we didn't notify the agent, you know, that if he was there at three, we would take him. All right, there you go. Mitch says down to two players. We know that. He even pointed out, by the way, that uh, the gap between the top three players in this draft and the rest is, is pretty massive. Again, not shocking. So they're down to two. The odds say it's it's shifting toward being Brandon Miller. A lot of y'all hate that. We get it. Um, might not turn out that way, but that's the way the odds are going right now. I came in here today, though, ready to kind of half-jokingly but half-serious tell you that I was all the way out on Brandon Miller after... <laughs> <laughs> was this earlier today, Smoke? It was. He yes, said this, right? Yeah. Um, Brandon Miller was asked by a reporter about the GOAT in the NBA. Basically, the question was, who was your GOAT? I believe this was Brandon Miller's response. You're young. Older people, young people often have this LeBron and Michael conversation. I'm not going to ask you who's the greatest because that's old. But because you've been in Michael's presence and because you grew up liking LeBron, as a young person, do you feel like that conversation is just overdone? No, because I, I actually don't 
through LeBron is, you know, to go to basketball. I think my go to basketball is Paul George. So, you know, I always grew up watching him, so it's never just LeBron. All right, so it went from, uh, you know, sort of a, I don't know, an attempt at giving a unique, it really wasn't anything unique about how to ask the GOAT question. It was, hey, here's what some people talk about. Feel free to talk about it, but so I don't ask you the normal boring question. Here's a different spin to it. Do you think we talk about it too much? Well, you're talking about it now. And then Brandon Miller jumps in, and not only does he not pick LeBron or Michael or even Bill Russell or Kobe, he says, no, Paul George is my GOAT. And I got to be honest with you, Smoke, I kind of, it just emboldened my stance on Scoot Henderson when I took that, when I heard that. I, I was I was deeply disappointed. That might be the worst NBA take I've ever heard since. Uh, Does this change your opinion on on Brandon Miller as a prospect? I, I know it's, it probably shouldn't, and they're probably going to draft him, and I'm going to have to you know take this back, but Paul George, man? Like game six out of the backboard, Paul George? Like what do we, I know he's a good player. Look, look, I know if, Paul George yeah. is a good player. I know he's a good player. Just spare me your text. I know Paul George can hoop. But you get asked a question about the GOAT debate, and literally nobody else on the planet would ever place Paul George, even like adjacent to the GOAT debate. Nobody not else, his mom. Not even his mom would do that. Brandon Miller's like, let me tell you about Paul George. Never mind LeBron James or Michael Jordan or anybody else. You could. Let me tell you about Paul George being my GOAT. And I'm like, I don't know. Is this some weird... Like, is this guy some sort of savant and I should be looking at him as he's different and this is the guy that we want? Because my reflex is, oh my God, I, I'm just emboldened in my belief in Scoot Henderson now. Paul George, really? This might be the worst NBA take since the infamous uh, Max Kellerman uh, take on first take where he was asked, who would you have won't take in the last shot on the Warriors, Steph Curry or Andre Iguodala? And he boldly says, give me Andre Iguodala. And that's probably it's that's probably in the running for the worst take since that. I, I, I somebody just said playoff P really that Miller kid is crazy. Nine seven one said worst NBA take since LeVar Ball said he could beat MJ one on one. It was bad. I got to be honest with you. Like he may yet turn out to be a phenomenal player, but I I hope his boys in the locker room just rag him relentlessly for that one. Like first of all, the question itself. We all ask bad questions in this business. I I'm not immune to it. I've certainly been caught in a situation before where I go to ask a question, especially, and I lose my train of thought and it ends up being not exactly what I wanted. I get it. But I mean, you tried to ask the reporter, tried this really cutesy way to ask the goat debate because, you know, Brandon Miller had met with Michael Jordan at some point this week and Brandon Miller goes, Oh, hold my beer. I'm going to take <laughs> It's just so funny. So funny. Uh, and, and he goes, let me inject, inject Paul George. Uh, and by the way, if you're texting it, he said, my goat. Yeah. We know he said my goat, but have you ever heard anybody say that their goat is Paul George smoke? Have you heard it before? No, I don't I think I've, not, that's the no. thing is, have you ever outside of Brandon Miller heard anybody's well, Paul George is my goat. There's <laughs> a first for everything, Kyle. <laughs> Somebody just said KB. He said my goat. He mentioned his goat. You're overreacting. No, I'm not. I'm laughing hysterically. Yeah. But by the way, Kyle, I feel like now is the perfect time for me to come out and say Gennaro Pargo is my goat. Oh, Yes. Harold Miner is my goat. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it was a funny answer, though. 704 570 704-9610. When we draft him tomorrow and you inevitably have him on the show Friday or Monday, I expect you to bring this up. Oh, I will. We'll have some fun with it if he, if he makes the show, uh, if he's able to join us. Of course, absolutely. Because, I mean, the, the easy question is, why is Paul George your goat? What, what prompted you to say that? Do you think Paul George is in the same category as MJ and LeBron and, and the like? That's all. <laughs> Brian says, worst take since Pippen said Jordan was a terrible player. 
704 number said, but I grew up liking Dominique more than MJ, uh, so I kind of get it. No, you're right. I mean, th- there certainly were some different takes, and we talked about that the Friday at the Speedway when Pippen made the comments that he did about Jordan being a terrible player, which, of course, were all just sour grapes and uh, bitter pills. And it was like, yeah, back then, not it was no universal you know, love of Michael Jordan. There was no universal love. Here's the thing, though. If they draft Brandon Miller and after he said this take, it would only be the second worst thing that a, a Hornets draft pick has ever said. Let me guess. You're still hung, hung up on Frank Kaminsky not knowing what barbecue yeah, was. Yeah, and saying that sir, uh, barbecue is a sauce. The, the one thing, the only thing as reliable as your Miami Heat hate um, is how much you hate Francis Kaminsky III. Let's see. Uh, is he about a 15th year senior now? Uh, yes. I believe okay, okay. <laughs> I'm doing the math still, in my head. Still not grown up, yeah. <laughs> Never forget, never forget that Sacramento Kings game. <laughs> Eric Collins teed him up. He's wide open for a three. Frank Kaminsky! Oh, it's so Air good. Ball. It's so good. 704 numbers just said, uh, is Skip Bayless your goat, KB? Yes, I put Skip Bayless in the same boat as Vince Scully. That's what I do. Um, the absolutely, Skip Bayless is my goat. Rowdy says, KB, you're not only fat shaming, now you're Paul George shaming, LOL. That's pretty good, Brett Rowdy. That's good stuff. Uh, 803, Monte Ellis is my goat. Uh, Vernon said, really believe these guys aren't students of the game. Listen, he's allowed to have a favorite player, but there's a difference between saying my favorite player and my goat, my greatest of all time. Like words actually still do have meaning, which is why this is funny. And for the guy again, who said, I bet you, you gotta, you gotta bring this up with him. I will like at the very least, he will get his chance to defend his all time favorite player. But my goat, that was a hell of a way to spend that question. That answer. Uh, 704-570-9610. Hit us up on the text line. 971 number says, Paul George isn't even Paul George's dad's goat. <laughs> it's a fun start to the show. Brandon Miller might be the pick. He might be the pick. Um, the, the odds say that's where it's going right now. But also, there are a lot of Hornets fans that would be very, very upset about that. That we heard from them yesterday. About three or four in a row in succession. If memory serves. Have you heard Mac over the last couple of days? I, I've caught a little bit of it. My mornings have been a little bit more uh, hectic than, than usual. What has Mac been doing? Oh, he is just, he is sarcastic a-hole Mac right now. Does not want Brandon about. Miller. No, he he's just like, he just, he, he is just like, oh, MJ's sticking it to us one more time, huh? Yeah, this is what it's like. Essentially, this is what he's like. Well, yeah, but they have like a Three Musketeers Men of Scoot song going thing. I mean, they got the whole thing going, right? I, I just worry for his well-being if they take Brandon tomorrow. Because uh, I don't know if he's going to be able to make it through Friday's show. I don't. Th- you're right. He probably won't. I'm really concerned for well, him. Uh, yeah. And then w- what's going to happen with Mac though if they talk to Brandon Miller? Because apparently Mac's just all the way out. I didn't know that. I mean, I, I didn't realize it was quite that bad this week. I mean, he's probably going to look at Flounder and say, "Flounder, here's your chance. I'm not talking to him. You, you talk to him. Okay. I'm not talking. To I, him. I heard little Mac spitting hot fire this morning. I did catch that when I was out on 150 driving around." All right, 704-570-9610, about 24 hours out from draft. Now let's go 30. About 30 hours out from the NBA draft. It is trending Brandon Miller, uh, but I, I don't know that that's, that's locked in by any stretch. You tuned into Instant Replay when the audio was so good, it has to be heard again. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte sports fan.